This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Franklin. Boy, oh boy, here we are, uh, coming up to the 1st of December very shortly. I know. How how does this happen? I mean, I'm just not organized. I'm (laughs) not ready. (laughs) I had a laugh. Uh, Shirley's youngest daughter, Lauren, Mm. visited from Whistler the last (laughs) few days. And uh, she walked into the uh, cabin. We have a a log cabin, literally, and it's a house. And Shirley... Shirley is the Christmas gal of all Christmas gals. The, she said, oh, my God, Santa's throwing up in here. <laughs> nice. Every, oh, yeah. But no, the tree is festooned, the fireplace, the lights are gone, and Santa's singing uh, yeah. carolers oh, in the corner. <laughs> oh, my God. Everywhere you look. It's, but it's lovely. It's lovely. It's very festive. Well, it's funny you say that. I mean, I, I haven't got any of that organized. Yeah. So my son, who just spent the last four or five years working part-time at Bed Bath & Beyond, yep. <laughs> has me on a mission to deliver his artificial Christmas tree to him at his new condo where he's living with a friend. And he says to me, because I saw him this past week, we have a lot of birthdays this uh, this month, yeah. so I saw him this past week and he said, he goes, I don't know if it was Bed Bath & Beyond that did this, did this to me, but he said, I, I really kind of like all the seasonal stuff. Like I, oh, I like really, yeah. festooning, right? Like, uh-huh. I, so I really, I really want a tree and I really, I love the idea of, you know, Thanksgiving pillows or whatever. Yeah. He said, I'm, I'm totally into it. And I'm like, Oh God, they want you to like it. You know, yeah, of course. He, they've sucked you in big time. <laughs> Those marketers, they want you to buy new cushions for every season. Oh, man. So he's like, yeah, cause I never felt this way before, but it's really coming on mm-hmm. to me now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> pretty you know, cute. I read a wonderful little piece on our webpage. You go to AM740 and just Google it. And there's a story there about uh, people who live in old folks' homes appreciating so much when people drop by, even with a little box of uh, rosebud candies yeah. or, or anything. Yeah, just visitors in just general. Vi- just yeah. visit and uh, Well, it's dark. Or, I think it's because of the, dar- the mm-hmm. darkness. We tend to get yeah. more hunkered down. We feel more lonely because of the darkness. Yep. And then and memories, right? People start thinking back to Christmas is past. That's right. Um, yeah. Speaking of past, today is my father's 92nd birthday. I, Holy I know God. he's not listening, but you know, uh-huh. happy birthday, Dad. Yeah, you and bet. Um, yeah, the family will be getting together for a little soiree this evening. Oh, to, that's great. You know, well, make it all festive We're for him. getting together for a little soiree here we on are, the air. And, and, and gardening you know, is technically... Is sort of the garden show, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> as though you wouldn't know it from now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get phone numbers on the air, get some calls in here, because at, at the moment there is a blank monitor staring at me right in the face. In that's, Toronto, okay, call 416 416- 
1-866-740-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. You might just want to wish Charlie and I happy, you know, Merry Christmas, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> That's right. And uh, Well, uh, Marilyn just walked out yeah. telling us about her African violets that she's been learning to propagate and her amaryllis, which is yeah. coming up from yeah, its exactly. dormant state. So, yep, everybody's got a little something going on, I think. And uh, our little mantra, i got to get on the air here, uh, call early, call often, one question per call. And if, you know, you can't quite make that second call or second question, call back. Yeah, it often it works. If you are a first-time caller, please let us know. Uh, and Duncan, our, our operator, will let me know. And that's what you're going to hear just before you come on the air wings. and get your garden wings. That's All right. right. All righty. Sounds good. Well, away you go. What do you got for us, Charlie? Uh, I don't have a ton going on in terms mm-hmm. of events because most of them have happened. Yeah. Uh, some of the Hort Societies will be, do- will be doing Christmas events and, you know, potlucks and uh, awards ceremonies and that yeah. sort of thing. And those tend to be not such big general meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and they often have a cost attached as well. So I, I have a few emails I can share. But um, I think for now, what we should probably do is go to our break and then yeah. come back because the, the, fo- the phones are ringing. Phones are ringing. Yeah. Uh, that's Thank good you, news. Duncan. He's answering. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Charlie Dobbin and yours truly, Frank Proctor, will be back in moments here on Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Oh, and just before we... May I give a little wink to the camera to Maureen Boyce, who Ah. is one of our most faithful listeners, and she (laughs) checks in with us online, too, watches us on Ah. camera. Oh, So, (laughs) good morning, Maureen. Maureen. Thank you very much. And, oh golly, Duncan is doing his job. I'm telling you, our our operator, because he's discovered that Gene from Toronto is a first-time caller. So, Gene, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I need to know how to um, make my Christmas cactus bloom. A friend gave it to me about three years ago, and it was in full, beautiful bloom. Mm. And since then, I haven't been able to get a bloom. <laughs> did you ask your friend what your friend did? She, whatever I did, I followed the instructions to keep it, like, uh, uh, <clears throat> mostly dry, like, just mm. moist to mm. the touch. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got just a, not bright light, but, you know, my my window, it's got silhouette curtains, so it's just getting uh-huh. a, a dim light. Okay. And pr- pretty much the same. And uh, and hers blooms like two and three times a year. <laughs> so if you could give more light, that would be better. So if you like those curtains closed, the silhouettes, so you've just got that sort of soft, indirect light. Yes, uh-huh. Consider maybe a grow light. Even just a, a grow light bulb put into a, like a table lamp yeah. so that you can just have a brighter spot where you can have that cactus mm-hmm. receiving higher illumination. Because remember, it is a cactus. Yeah. So it does like pretty intense light. It also likes to be, to dry down to the dry side so that when you feel the soil, it should feel quite dry. 
before you water next time. When you do water, water thoroughly. There's none of this one teaspoon every week. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's it's an appropriate amount of water so that you truly water the plant, uh-huh. and it will run out the bottom of the, the pot. There should be drainage holes, and you will see water run out the bottom, and that's as it should be. Um, and then you don't water again till the surface starts to feel quite dry again. Fertilizer can make a difference. Uh, temperature can make a difference. So cooler temperatures. Some people will leave a Christmas cactus outside all summer. Oh, and leave it out so that it gets even a little bit of frost through September, October, even early November. And then it will always come in with lots of, of blooms on it, lots of buds anyway. Because oh, um, I went, I thought, well, I'm going to go on the internet and see. And they, the instructions they gave me were to um, move it to uh, a play, dark place, like for 12 to 14 hours of darkness every day, and then bring it up and let it have like a just a subdued light. Really? For Christmas cactus? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it requires at least 12 hours of darkness at night in order to encourage bud development. Well, that that is true in the sense that that's why people put them outside here oh. in Ontario, because when we put them out in the summer, of course, the days start getting shorter and shorter. So by September, October, well, on September 21st, we have 12 hours of light and 12 hours of dark. Oh. So we do naturally provide that by putting them out in on our balconies or back patios or whatever the case may be. Inside our homes, we tend to have lights on, we're watching TV, whatever, as the sun goes down. So that plant does naturally come from an equatorial part of the world where it does very naturally get a 12-hour light dark uh, period, and that does encourage the buds and blooms. Um, I'd be inclined – I mean, yeah, so – uh, I, there are schools of thought for sure because Christmas cactus is not a desert cactus. It's actually what's called a forest cactus. Oh, okay. So that's why they're recommending that you don't need bright, intense light. Uh-huh. You, you only need a diffuse light when it's daytime and then darkness when it's dark to really mimic the natural conditions those plants evolved from. So, you know. It, oh, okay, I'll open it blind and let it have the, the bright during the day then. Yeah, see if you can give it brighter. And for sure, the, the dark is does make sense. Uh-huh. Though I don't know if I'd go so far as to put it in a closet. It's not like the poinsettia where we really have to give the well, poinsettia. Well, I just put it in my dark. basement. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and be careful on the water. Water when dry. Yes, uh-huh. That's uh, what I have been doing. So okay. I'll, I'll keep trying. Well, it's alive. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't well, own you have an overwater. You're doing well to keep it alive. <laughs> That's right. The cactus part is beautiful. It's just yeah. growing like crazy. Crazy, yeah. beautiful green, and it feels good and healthy, oh, but right. no blooms. Need, needs a kickstart. Just yeah. yell at it a few times. Yeah, maybe <laughs> be <work>. surprised. <laughs> okay, thank you for taking my call. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining us. First time caller, too, Gully. Mm. That's nice. And I that know, leaves yeah. the line open, by the way, uh, at 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, toll free, one 866 740 Four seven forty, and our old friend Ziva. Ziva is on the line, and she's not old. Well, our old friend. friend. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm, Good morning, no, Ziva. You're, you're parsing Good. my words. Here. I know. I'm sorry. Good morning, guys. You're morning. right. I'm I'm an old girl. That's good. Okay. Uh, I went to my daughter's home to put some grass seeds down on Tuesday. It was ten. She thought maybe it was too late. Nope. So I did a good thing. You did. Okay. The, the one reason you wouldn't put grass seed down now or in November would be if it was on a steep slope. 
Okay. If it's a steep slope and we put down the grass seed, remember the grass seed is just going to sit there and wait until conditions are optimal for it to grow, okay. which means the next spring. Okay. So on a steep slope, then you have a really high chance of it eroding and getting washed down to the bottom of the hill yeah. uh, between snow and rain in the next few months. Okay. So on a level or reasonably level flat surface, no problem. Put the grass seed out, even get a little bit of a top dressing on top of the grass seed. Or, I did that. Good. Yeah. And, li- it, and it's a level surface. So Yeah, good. And a light raking because those birds are very sharp-eyed and yes. they will take that grass seed and eat yes. it. So if you can just cover it very lightly, it will just wait until, like I said, until conditions are optimal. Okay, then. Thank uh, you. Have yeah. a good day. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much, Siva. And, You're welcome. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Bye, now. And um, Frank, Siva was the one who provided yes. that lovely, lovely cider that uh, we were imbibing yeah, I got it, last week. I've got it weekend. in the fridge, and I'm going to be attacking it at some point today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Tomorrow's a day to not go out, right? Yeah. We're, all, we're all planning yeah. to stay home. There's rain and snow and all kinds of yeah, wacky not, weather not in the, the greatest, forecast. Not the greatest weather. In when, fact, even today, you look out. Yeah. Doesn't it look like snow today? Yeah. It's got that... I had hoped to uh, go down to see a production um, in uh, of Garden City Productions in St. Catharines. Oh, yeah. But son of a gun, the weather's just not no. not the greatest for tomorrow you no. know, for traveling. So we'll put that off for a bit. Anyway, we have to but take another look. you can drink little, cider mm-hmm. while you're not going uh, to St. Catharines. Yes, because <laughs> I won't be driving in that cider. If I'd had it, Ooh, I'd be in the ditch. That's right. Okie dokie. <laughs> hey, we got to take a break here. Uh, but uh, do call in and have a word with Charlie Dobbin here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's proceed to Paisley. I love the name Paisley. Uh, yeah, so do I. Yeah. That, there's Grace. Good morning, Grace. Good morning. Good morning. I was wondering, I have some blue spruce trees that they are just gradually dying. What hap- What's happening the needles are turning brown mm-hmm. and they fall off mm-hmm. and it's going from the bottom of the yeah. tree up to the mm-hmm. top. Yeah. And I believe there's nothing I can do to save them because I've tried all sorts of things. Oh, have you? Um, uh, how many trees do you have? There's about four of them. And are, are they quite old or how? how... They're at least, um, I'd say, probably... 10 years old. Okay, so they're good size. Yeah. And um, when you said you've tried everything, have you brought an arborist onto your property at all? I have, yeah. And the arborist said, there's nothing you can do. Well, I can tell you right now, there are no magical sprays. Yeah. It, um, there's a very, very common disease of blue spruce and spruce in general, commonly referred to as needle cast. Okay. So that what that refers to is that the needles get cast from the tree. Mm. And it does start on the bottom of the tree, mm-hmm. and it does work its way up. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple things you can do to alleviate the symptoms and try and avoid the, the progression of the disease, because it's a fungal disease. But so, I, I, what I'm wondering is, because they're just, they're just awful looking, are they? I was wondering, if I have those removed, mm-hmm. can I put a, another tree in the holes, or would that tree mm-hmm. have the same thing happen to it? I'm, lo- I'm looking at putting larches in, Oh yeah, because the areas are quite damp sometimes. Okay. 
Uh, yes, you can. You, of course, it's tr- tricky to go into the same holes, but you could certainly fill that area. Larch is a nice choice. Of course, isn't an evergreen. I know. So it looks like an evergreen. It's yeah. green and, you know, got, looks like needles all summer, which turn bright yellow, very pretty in the, in the fall, and they all drop off. Yeah. And many people consider larch quite ornamental in the winter, even when it is denuded of its foliage. Um, the real trick with blue spruce, just for anyone who's listening who might be experiencing the problem you've been having, it does come down to stressful conditions. Yeah. That particular disease, that needle cast disease, will happen to spruces that are under stress. And yeah. typically, the stress is connected to drought. Yeah. So we don't always think about watering our big trees. We just think, oh, you know, they got lots of roots. They'll yeah. find the water. But when we get into drought, we get into weeks of no rain in a hot summer time, you know, period. Yeah. It's so important to deep water our evergreens. Let that garden hose run and run Yeah, really slow uh, <laughs> running. And mm-hmm. then the other time when it's so important to water evergreens, again, for anybody who's listening, even at this time of year, we want to ensure that all of our evergreens are thoroughly saturated before the ground freezes in the winter. Yeah. So, of course, we still have our ground is well thawed and winter isn't quite here yet. Mm-hmm. So it is important to remember we need to make sure the soil is very moist around all of our trees. And that actually with the spruce yeah. needle cast disease, it comes down to air circulation as all fungal diseases thrive when there's no air movement. It does come down to avoiding working on them when they're wet, just because we spread the fungal spores. And that, like I say, that fertilizing, deep root uh, watering and feeding. Mm -hmm. But for sure, if you want to just say they are just too god-awful ugly at this point, time to give them a break, Mm -hmm. take them down and replace. Yes, larch is not susceptible to the same disease. And they do like a lot of water, don't they? They do. They do prefer a a more moist location than most. Are there diseases for them, too? Um, Specifically, not that comes to mind, but remember, all of our plants, whether it's our turf grass or our, you know, petunias in the summer Mm -hmm. or our trees in our yards, all of them... Right plant in the right place and then cared for that special, that kind of TLC, that, that appropriate watering, appropriate fertilizer. You can avoid all kinds of problems, all kinds of insects, all kinds of diseases by making sure your plants are as healthy as possible. Okay. Do you believe in fertilizing trees for in the fall? There is very good evidence to indicate that 60 to 70% of the fertilizer, the annual fertilizer you give to your trees should be given in late November. Okay. I I just wondered because that's what the fellow did for me. And, uh, I had never known anybody to do that in no. the past. That's re- that's fairly recent data in the last couple of years that they've very, very thoroughly proven that that fertilizer is not only gets down to the roots through the winter and like fall and winter, but it's very available in the spring oh, to the plants. Isn't that interesting? Whereas when you, we fertilize in the spring or summer, mm-hmm. a lot of that washes away and erodes right away and carries off down into the water, water systems. So yeah, no, there's like I say, super good evidence that that should be when the majority of our tree fertilizer goes on is late November. Okay. okay. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, Grace. Thank take, you for calling. <clears throat> take care of Paisley for us, all right? And uh, we're going to uh, scoot off to Scarborough. That's what we'll do. <laughs> There's Wanda. Good morning, Wanda. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. I think the callers are light because they're all trying to get their... Uh, <laughs> a few little items done before the snow comes. Oh, maybe racing yeah, around. Yeah. Well, yeah. and there's a crazy Black Friday deals. Mm. I mean, people are lining up for TVs, I think, as we speak. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, I just received a beautiful poinsettia plant. Nice. Yes. Now, I don't have a lot of light in my living room. Mm. That would be the place that mm. I really should have it. Mm. Uh, there are patio doors. It faces south. Oh. Now, if I put it on a stand in the corner, mm-hmm. uh, should I put some other light on, like a lamp? Uh, when you say corner, is that a corner n- near the patio door so that the yes. light is going right past the plant? Yes. Is the room a light color walls or dark color walls? Light. Well, then you've got lots of bounce, lots of reflection of the light. Southern is great. Southern, you've got when the sun is shining, a nice bright room. Uh, I wouldn't, poinsettias are happiest when they're in a bright indirect light. And that sounds like you can give that pretty easily in that mm-hmm. living room of yours. Yes. Be careful. The one, only thing I would say about poinsettia <clears throat> that is not true of all plants, but is very true of poinsettia, is they do not like temperature changes. So they want just room temperature all the time. They don't want a window being opened. They don't want a door being opened. They don't want a, a hot air draft off a furnace vent. So they just want a nice, calm, peaceful place where it's always, you know, ambient room temperature. And they'll be fine. Just feel the surface of the soil every couple of days, water as necessary. Not, a, you know, depending on the size of the pot, it might be a half a cup of water, but mm-hmm. give it room temperature water. They're very um, uh, sensitive to temperature changes. Well, that was my next question, the watering. Yeah. So you say a half a cup every few days. Well, what size pot is it in, do you know? Is it a traditional six-inch pot or is it something bigger than that? No, it's bigger than that. Yeah, so it might be an eight or a ten-inch pot. So there's more than one plant in there, likely. There's at least probably three plants in that pot. So it's going to be more than half a cup. It's going to be more like a couple of cups of water when the surface starts to feel dry. And if it's all wrapped up in some gift wrap, you know, fancy stuff, <clears throat> remove that if you can so that you can see. You, you never want a poinsettia to sit in water. So you want that drainage out the bottom into a saucer. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You know, water thoroughly enough so you get that drainage. Mm-hmm. But then let that dump that saucer if the water is still there in 10 or 15 minutes later. Well, it has about uh, six bracts. I would say beautiful. Yeah, nice. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So it's now, going to use some water, and depending on the temperature in your room and whether the sun is shining, all those things will impact how much water it uses. Okay, but it's all right to leave that gold paper around the uh, pot as long as you're very careful that water doesn't pile up inside that paper. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Maybe poke some holes in there the bottom of the paper. Because, yeah. you know, there are drainage holes in the pot, right? Yes. Well, that's what I wondered. Yeah. You get a, like a skewer and just use a skewer to poke some holes through the paper into the drainage holes. Mm-hmm. And that way, and of course, the whole thing goes into a saucer below. Just to me, it's, it's amazing that you can get water filled up inside that plastic wrap, yeah. that beautiful, you know, decorative mm-hmm. stuff. But you don't realize that water's sitting there. It can get quite stagnant and cause problems. Opening the patio doors, I just have to be kind of uh, quick. Yeah, have you got a puppy dog or something to let in and out? No. No. <laughs> okay. Just me. All right. So, All right. yeah, so I'm um, just be, yeah, be aware <clears throat> that it's not going to like drafts because sometimes I've seen people, you know, big, big poinsettias mm-hmm. right in the, the grand front hall of their home. And of course, people no. are coming and going in and out the front door all the time and the poor poinsettias going, Oh, I hate this. <laughs> so just be, be aware of that, the drafts. Okay. All right, I will. Thank okay. you, Wanda. Thanks for Thank calling. You. I call. All righty. Our pleasure. As I look at the monitor, I'm going, whoops, hey, 
It's blank. That's okay. So this would be an excellent time. To if call. you've ever had a question in your mind, you say, I wish I had Charlie to talk to. Well, this is your chance. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And then in uh, anywhere in the province, toll free 1-866-740-4740. I'm thinking about your business, which you're a master gardener, and your business really is to go around to homes uh, at owner's request mm-hmm. to come and say, hey, uh, what would you do with my uh, my backyard here? Yeah. How can I spruce this up? And this is what basically your business is. Mm-hmm. Do you get business in the, the wintertime or are not folks that thinking much. that far ahead? Yeah. Or no? Well, it's not just that. It's hard. It's very difficult to consult effectively in a garden in the winter, particularly uh, if there's snow on the ground. Well, sure. Yeah, it's not so bad when there's no snow, but I have been called to people's gardens where they're saying, well, there's actually some rocks over there. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. there's hostels over here, and I'm going, okay, I'll come back in the spring. Like, I can't see it under all the right. snow. Um, but without snow, you can get a sense of a garden. Um, so far with my move, I haven't done a lot of consulting out Prince Edward County way, but certainly here, I'm here on Saturdays, so it'll be easy enough to uh, get involved in doing some local stuff here on Saturday afternoons as the spring comes along. And you're right, I do design work, I do Mm -hmm. horticultural consulting, identifying plants, identifying the care of those plants, making suggestions for plants to add or move. I've just thought of that. You would be a marvelous Christmas present for some, say, good-thinking husband saying, I know my wife's a real good good gardener, she likes to be, but she she might need some professional help, and mm. by golly, I'm going to get Charlie to come over and have a yeah, little meeting. That's true. Meeting. Yeah, that's a good point. And like uh, on a Saturday yeah. afternoon when I'm done with the show, if somebody local or yeah. somebody's listening Scoot out down the street between the here in Prince Edward County, you're right. It's an, uh, an hourly rate, and um, might as well give my email address right now since sure. you started that. But thank you for suggesting <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> it is C dot Dobbin D O B B I N at M Z Media. Dot com. There you go. Thank you. Good Alrighty. suggestion. Just before we go, because I see we've got some callers. Yeah. I did just discover in my pile, speaking of horticultural societies, the Riverdale Hort Society is meeting this wet, not this Wednesday, but coming up Wednesday, December the 11th. Yep. So a couple of weeks or 10 days from now. It is a regular meeting. It happens at 7 p.m. Uh, the, there will be a flower show and a potluck dinner. So Wednesday, December 11th at 816 Logan Avenue, which is the Frankland mm-hmm. Community Center. And they're a pretty fun group. They're, they're not a huge group, so it's not overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, there's 200 right. people here. It's more like a 30 or 40 keen gardeners and very friendly. So if you live in the Riverdale, Riverdale area, and you want to meet some other keen gardeners, definitely That's where to go. Go, get, okay. go there, say hello to Heather. She's the best. Well, you saw me reaching for the bell. I, and you ooh. know why, because we have first-time caller, Doroth, it's Dorothy or Dorothea in Hamilton. Let's get a clarification on that. First of all, welcome <laughs> to the show. Good morning. Oh, hi. I think it's Josie. Oh, oh Josie. Oh, Even better. Good morning, okay. Josie. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Excellent. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So I'm calling for my mom. She has two large rosemary plants that she has every year. Mm -hmm. She buys new ones, and she never is able to keep them going over the winter. Mm -hmm. And they slowly start to lose their needles, and Mm -hmm. she's tried 
all different things, mm. low light, more light, mm. less water, more water. Mm. <clears throat> so she, she just wanted to know if there's any way of, even though they're, they're not really native here, no. so, but there's a way of kind of trying to overwinter them. I know. Is there a secret to keeping rosemary alive? So is, would she have just purchased them this fall or are they from that, the spring and then she's brought them in at the end of the summer? From the spring. Okay. So she's had them in her possession. They've been outside all summer, I assume. They have. And so they're probably in a sunny location outside or out on a deck or whatever the case may be. They are. And now they're in the house and the question is, where do you put them? Right. Um, great question because I can't tell you a guaranteed way to succeed with these. I too have failed miserably with rosemary <laughs> over the years, different things I've tried. But again, let's go back to where's, what's the native habitat the happy rosemary comes from? It's very, very hot. It's very sunny. It's very Mediterranean. It's white blasting sun, you know, mm-hmm. um, reflecting from all over, you know, white walls, et cetera, et cetera. So the main thing I find that works with rosemary, similar to that poinsettia, avoid drafts. It's not going to like the hot air furnace blowing on it. It doesn't okay. want to be near an open window. Uh, so it, I, I currently am crossing my fingers, keeping a very healthy rosemary alive on my kitchen counter right in a southern window. I'm not misting it at all, so I'm not adding any humidity to the air around it. And I am feeling the soil when it feels dry. And that is surprising how often that's happening. It's in a terracotta pot, so it's losing moisture from sides and top. Mm. And it's as much as every four or five days, I'm watering it with about, you know, half, three quarters of a cup of water, room temperature water, and not the leaves, not getting the plant wet at all because um, powdery mildew is what seems to, yeah. to take them down every year. So avoid liquid on leaves. I at first thought, keep the moisture high, you know, mist, mm-hmm. bad idea. So no misting. And um, if it's a super dry house, it depends whether your mom's got a humidifier in her house. If she does have a humidifier, I wouldn't do anything. If she doesn't, I'd do the pebble tray below. So okay, the tray... I'm sorry, how do you do that? Well, it's just a tray. It could be a takeout Chinese uh, container. It could be a cookie sheet, depending on the size of the plants, with rocks inside on the surface of the tray, water in the tray, and then the plant sits on top of the gravel, on top of the pebbles. Okay. So you make, make sure that, sorry, make sure that there's water always in the Yeah. In the tray. So you've sort of got that water evaporating around the plants. If, okay. if we can achieve 40, 45% hum, like relative humidity around those plants, they should be fine. Okay. Okay. So that's why avoid misting because that'll bump it up to 100%, but mm-hmm. then mildew will set in. Okay. And can she pick, can she still take little cuttings? For sure. Use, or will that damage it? No, not at all. No, no t- cuttings is an excellent way to invigorate, create mm-hmm. more growth. Uh, mm-hmm. And the tip cuttings, of course, are soft and delicious. And then come longer days by February, March, there should be new growth uh, responding to where all the, the cuttings have been taken. Okay, and does it matter where you take the little tip cuttings? Like, will it, like, from the chop or the side, or will it not damage the plant no, either way? No, it, it won't damage the plant either way. Remember, it's a tip that you're taking, and if it's a little mm-hmm. bushy plant, it's probably got 30 or 40 different tips to choose from. So, right. okay. usually we take our cuttings to make the plant balanced, so mm-hmm. keep it looking nice and uniform. Okay. okay. Great. Thank, Thank you. Thank right. you very much for joining us. And don't be a stranger. Door is always right. open here. It, Josie, or, either for yourself or your mom, yep. door is always open. Exactly. Coffee's always on. <laughs> oh, and we have another first-time caller we're going to get to in just a couple of moments who lives in Acton. So, Mary, hang tight. We're coming your way next.
Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the garden show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. <laughs> I stepped right in Paul's throat. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry about that. Okay. That's a, a little first time ring there for Mary, who's calling in from Acton. Good morning, Mary. Oh, good morning. How are you? Great. Thank morning. You. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I've been listening to you for many years, and I look forward to it every Saturday morning. Nice. Oh, wonderful. What? Thank you. I have a Madagascar flowering plant, mm-hmm. and it's about five feet high, and I got it when it was about 10 inches high, and that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it's perpetually blooming, beautiful. I think they're like primrose type flowers, about 12 in this on a stalk. And the stalks, I, I'm calling it a stalk, they're tall and spindly, like twisty with thorns. And I would like to give somebody, you know, I don't know if I cut it off with the knife or, you know, what I can do. And it's also sticky when I touch it. Hmm. Okay, I'm trying to figure out what plant you've got. There is a very commonly called Madagascar palm out there, which is not a flowering plant. So you've got flowers, and what color are they? And they're prickly, too. They're a dark pink, and they're very tiny. And the the head, like, there's about uh, five or six on each one, and it doesn't uh, stop blooming, even... The tiny stalks that are growing, even if they're three inches tall, they've got a flower on the top of them. And um, does it have leaves that are kind of oval leaves, small, round, like like? They're about two inches long, and they're oval. Okay, and they're dark green. Okay, you're calling it a Madagascar flowering plant. So, would it have had that name in it when you got it all those years ago, or do you remember? I, I think I did. Cause, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I'm thinking, and do you have access to the internet? Yes, I do. So after we get off the phone, I'm going to ask you to Google a plant called Crown of Thorns, because I think that's the plant you have. What I would call, the common name is Crown of Thorns. I think that's oh. what you've got. Okay. Um, anyway, point is, you said you've got some stickiness happening, which is, right. a new, and that's happening on the leaves. Yeah, like when I touch it, even the the... Stems. The, the st- flower yep. is like the tiny f- flower that blooms. It's on a little stem, yeah. Uh, a little stem, yes. And it gets right. sticky. And it's sticky. Okay, so what you could do is you can look really closely for any kind of insects, but I don't think that's what you've got going on. If you have the plant I think you have, which I would call crown of thorns, which okay. is uh, the genus Euphorbia, Euphorbia. Okay. Points that is another example of a euphorbia. And if you think about breaking a leaf or, or damaging a, a, a poinsettia, you get that white latex that's like glue oh, comes out of it. Yeah. All the euphorbias do that. And so if you have what I think is the crown of thorns, the, uh, another form of euphorbia, that stickiness, I think you're feeling it's not from an insect problem. It's a very naturally occurring secretion from the plant. Oh, and I see. So when the flowers are first all perky and, and happening, the stems are quite sticky. And then as the flowers start to dry down 
and the leaves, the little flowers start to dry up and then the little stems dry up. Of course, that stickiness disappears. That's true because when it, it looks dead, then I go to, Pick I touch it, out. it to yeah. break it off. Yeah, and it and just easily, yeah, right. just goes right into the composter at that point. So I, I think, do look closely, see if there's any unusual activity on the plant from underneath the leaves. You know, even get a magnifying glass out if you have one, just to take a look. Is there anything going on? But I don't think you, there is anything going on. And if you've had it that long and it's that big, whatever you're doing is right. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> in the south window, but uh, can I, like, I want to give somebody oh. part of it. Okay. So how do I cut it? Well, you can. With a knife? Yep, yep. A knife. Uh, off? Yeah, so you'll put on some gloves so that okay. you can hold that top bit that you're going to cut off because it's prickly. And with a sharp knife, you'll sever preferably a piece that's eh, five to six inches in length okay. from the top of one of your stems. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you do that, put some newspaper down because, again, you're going to get that, that latex is going to start to ooze out of those wounds that you've just right. created, which is fine. You're going to take that piece that you just cut off. You're going to lay it down onto the newspaper, just on its side, right beside the mother plant you've cut it from. And you're going to let that sit on the newspaper for a couple of days, four or five days. Oh, okay. And when it's sitting there, that, that cut end that you've cut off will dry, start to dry up which is what you want. You want that end to get quite dried up. Right. Also, the where you cut it off is going to start to dry up, so we'll get a little bit of healing going on there. Then you'll get yourself a nice clay pot, a nice fresh, clean, preferably right. clay pot with some cactus-type soil in it. It's a well-drained, soilless mix. Moisten right. it into the clay pot. Take that little cut puppy that's lying down there on the newspaper, stand it up into that clay pot with that cut end just under the surface of the soil, Use toothpicks to stabilize or, um, what do we call, what do we eat? Chopsticks to stabilize that little, right. l- little guy that's now standing up in that pot and sit it in the sunny window and roots will grow. There oh, you go. I think you so very much. <laughs> you know something, Mary? I, every once in a while, I sit here across from Charlie and listen to her pontificate and come up with stuff that you, how the devil does she know? She is so damn smart. I'm telling you, so I'm just, it's, I, it's those waving be, arms, right? Yeah. Can, can you see what like, I'm you, seeing? What I'm trying to say, right? You can't talk without waving your arms. I anyway. Know. Anyway. Well, it's an we, explanation. It's very. It's all words <laughs> when you're actually visualizing it. Most impressive stuff. Okay, we've got to <laughs> take you. another break here. Uh, but thank you, Mary, for the call. Really mm. interesting stuff. We're going to be going to Oshawa to say hi to Eileen in just a couple of moments here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Boy, we're getting close to the checkout counter, so let's get <laughs> let's get moving here, Franklin. Uh, Eileen, Oshawa, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I planted about a month ago tulips, mm-hmm. and I covered them with mesh. My mm. question is... When does one remove the mesh? As soon as you... Well, okay, so is the mesh at the surface or way down above the... No, no, it's above the, the bulbs. Okay, and how? And the bulbs are down six inches or so. Yes, they are, and I covered them because obviously... For, the squirrels. Because of the squirrels. What, what size was the mesh? What size uh, opening? Oh, oh, I could not 
containers. Like little tiny... It was round a tree. It's not a huge area, okay. but just round a tree where I planted, I would say, 60 um, mm. tulip bulbs. Well, the reason I ask is if it's a wide enough mesh, the tulips will grow right through. No, I don't think they will. Oh, okay. So what you're going to have to do is... Oh, just wait, like keep an eye. And at right. some point you're going to start to see, and we never know, it's probably in March, you'll start to see the little green right. shoots starting to pop up. At that point, you're going to have to lift the mesh yes, and then I, carefully I put the soil back in position. Okay. And that's next, all I wanted yeah, to next know, year, if you, I appreciate the no worries. If you're doing this again next year and doing the mesh thing, put the mesh right on the surface. It'll come up easier. Okay, we'll okay. do. <laughs> Very appreciate good. it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks for Charlie. calling. All righty. And here's a friend that we see every Saturday morning. Yes, She's indeedy. exiting the studio. Uh-huh. We're entering. Marilyn Watson, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Yeah, hi. Marilyn, hi, welcome Marilyn. to You're the on. show. You. Oh, wait, you get a bell. You're a first-time oh, yeah, caller. First-time caller. There you go. Yes, I love your show. Thank you very much for taking my call. Our pleasure. So I've become a gardener because of you, Charlene. I'm waiting to go into the store because people give me gifts of flowers when I go out to speak, and I learn something about drainage and the cover of paper with your previous caller. But when do you know when a plant is big enough to transplant to another size pot? So you've got your plant growing in a pot with those drainage holes. Yeah. If you're suspecting that it's time to transplant this plant, lift up the plant and look underneath and see if you can see roots growing out of the drainage holes. Oh, okay. And if you see roots growing, then you know it's time to transplant. The best time, if you can hold off, is to transplant in the spring. So anytime sort of from February on is the least stressful time on the plant. So if something's looking very pot-bound now, you might say, oh, I'm going to have to do it now. But if you can put it off to February, I would do so. So it has nothing to do with how much is above the ground. It has to do with the root. Correct. Oh, well, that's wonderful to know. And also, Marilyn, remember, you've got amaryllis growing in pots. Amaryllis want to be pot-bound. So some plants want a ton of roots and very little soil, and they're very happy. So so don't worry about repotting those amaryllis, okay? Okay, thank you very much. I I just was so curious, and I really want to know. And I know that we're going to be snowbound on Sunday, so I thought it might have been a good day to do it. Yeah, potentially. If necessary, you can do it. Hey, delighted well, to welcome you. you to the show, hon. Yeah. Thank Thanks you. for calling, Marilyn. Okay. And we can squeeze one more you call figure? in if we're quick. If we're Jim quick. in Brantford online. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Morning. I ha- I bought four plant hascap plants yep. this spring and yep. planted them. And I'll just I have a little bit of knowledge, but I don't have a whole bunch. But one of the things that I was told that they will grow to be three to four feet high. True. Mine haven't grown an inch all summer. Oh, dear. So, this happens. Do not be concerned. Were they healthy-looking, green leaves? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I I was in the garden yesterday. I planted garlic yesterday and checked them out. Mm -hmm. And they've already, they're already setting buds, so. Nice. So when you plant plants and you don't see a lot of action above ground and you're concerned that something's wrong, I just want to tell everybody, do not be concerned. The plant is doing what the plant should do, which is growing roots. So that first year, the first few months is being, getting, the plant is establishing itself. Lots of action happening, but it's all below ground. So it's a three-year plant, Charlie, mm-hmm. before you get maximum mm-hmm. uh, yield. Mm-hmm. 
and the first year you're you don't get any the mm-hmm. second year you're going to get some fruit am mm-hmm. i go- should i expect fruit next year you can hope and pray there's no <laughs> guarantees it it is just a process assuming the plants have been put into a reasonably fertile well-drained soil and lots of sun you will get flowers and fruit as soon as the plant is able to but remember the plant is doing what it does best which is getting itself organized to be there for a long time Okay, one more quick question, and I'll let you go. Well, you know, know what, what, Jim? Jim? We, we're out of time. We are the, way there's out of time. Car, there's some cars yeah. revving in the background. Yeah. <laughs> those, those, garage. Those, those garage can, people. Can you call us next week <laughs> and here. give us a ding-a-ling, okay? Yeah, thanks for calling, yeah. Jim. Yeah, happy to talk about housecaps. In Absolutely. Next Saturday. Checkout counter. We Off gotta go. Off we go. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Great calls. Thanks, Duncan. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.